Journey to Pentecost, brought to you by the Greek Orthodox Christian Society of the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of Australia. Sunday of the Myrrh-Bearing Women with Dr. John Psaromatis, President of the Greek Orthodox Christian Society. This Sunday, the Sunday of the Myrrh-Bearers, our Church draws our attention to certain individuals who played a role in the events surrounding the burial and the resurrection of our Lord. We hear about the boldness of Joseph of Arimathea and of Nicodemus, the secret disciple of our Lord, who buried the body of the Lord. We also admire the bravery and courage of the three mare-bearing women, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, who bought spices that they might come and anoint him. Mark chapter 16, verse 1. I believe we have much to benefit if we journey with them. It was dawn on the day of the Jewish Passover. As the women approached the tomb where Jesus' body had been laid, they discussed among themselves who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? Mark chapter 16, verse 3. A very large stone blocked the entrance to the tomb. Based on human logic, it would have been impossible for the women to approach the body of Jesus within. And in our lives, it often seems as though Christ is enclosed, confined within our souls, in a state of weakness, as he was in the tomb before his resurrection. He is held there, nailed down by the heavy stone of our sins. How many times have we felt the desire to see Jesus full of light and strength to be resurrected within us? How many times have I tried to remove the stone, but in vain, the heaviness of sin, the heaviness of habit was too great. In desperation I cried, Who will take this stone away for me? 
very much like the Mayberry women. However, the women kept walking towards the tomb. Their action was a pure act of faith. This faith, this madness, would be rewarded. We also should persist in this crazy hope that the stone will be removed, that God will forgive all our sins when we muster the courage and take the step to confess sincerely. Furthermore, the women did not go to the tomb empty-handed. They carried myrrh with them, which they had bought in order to anoint Jesus' body. In our case, if we wish for the stone to be removed from our soul, we too need to bring something with us as a token of our goodwill. It might be something small, but valuable. It should be something costly, perhaps some sort of sacrifice, for the sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and humbled heart. Psalm 50th, verse 19. What followed was simply a miracle. And when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. Mark chapter 16, verse 4. It is inevitable. Any courageous and true repentance will be followed by a miracle. And what happened next? An angel spoke to them, informing them of Jesus' glorious resurrection. Then he added, But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter, that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. How could it be? Why Galilee? So far away from Jerusalem? Did Jesus wish to distance his disciples, to take them away from the place of hostility and hatred shown to him by the Jews? to provide some relief to them, some calmness and serenity from the uneasy and horrible days of his passion? Or is it something deeper than this? Galilee was the place where the disciples had first met the Lord. The place of their calling. It was there they had decided to follow him. The memory of those days was vibrantly preserved in their souls. After their recent failings and infidelities, Jesus wanted to remind his disciples of the enthusiasm, the bright flame of those early days. 
He yearned to rekindle in their hearts the emotions and the resolutions of their first encounter with him. In the atmosphere of Galilee, enlivened by his presence, he would fulfill his revelation to them. In the life of each of, of us, of each one of us, there is a Galilee. There is a Galilee in the life of all those who have met with the Savior and fallen in love with him. Our Galilee, the time we consciously perceived that Jesus looked at us and called us by our name. And the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name. John chapter 10, verse 3. For many of us, a long time has passed since that first meeting. Perhaps many years or even decades for some of us. Years loaded with innumerable sins, transgressions and falls. Some could even say, I have forgotten Jesus. But no, for whoever meets with Christ, even once, cannot forget him. Christ's impression on us is indelible. And so, Jesus invites us to return to the Galilee of our soul, to renew within our heart the personal relationship with him, and the warmth of the first days. There we will see him again. Dear brothers and sisters, under the present-day circumstances that deprive us of church attendance and consequently of holy communion with our Lord and Saviour, do not allow your souls to grow cold, to become indifferent, let the memory of your personal Galilee rekindle within you the emotions of your first meeting with our Lord. Do not even think to ask the question, Would he be there? The words of the angel to the mere-bearing women resonate in our ears. He is going before you into Galilee. It is as if Christ understands our situation. He is fully aware of our current difficulties. It is as if he tells each one of us, My child, you do not need to tire yourself in order to see me. I will do something more than simply wait for you in the Galilee of memories. Look, I go ahead. I go before you. I lead you there. With our hearts, now again filled by the, by the triumphant resurrection of our Lord, let us all revisit our Galilee. Then we will easily recognize him. Him who is leading us. He speaks to us. Let us all listen. Oh.
Oh, oh, oh.